Welcome, welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host. It's Tuesday. Um, Tuesday is Drama, Variety, or Comedy Day. Last week we did uh, Casablanca with Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. Um, quite an interesting performance there. Uh, cut down of a world-famous movie, Casablanca. And this, this week I've chosen one of my all-time favorite films that's pretty much forgotten. It was a stage play, it was a movie, and in 1946 it was a half-hour radio show. Uh, for one one night on the Screen Guild uh, Screen Guild players, the program is on Borrowed Time, starring Lionel Barrymore, who was the star of the original film. Everyone else in this show is different. Uh, Vincent Price plays uh, Death, basically. Uh, Agnes Moorhead is in it, and Ted Donaldson plays uh, the little boy Pug. It's it's a fun fun film that's as they say largely forgotten. But I think you'll find it very entertaining, and it works particularly well as an imaginary play on radio. So from April 1st, 1946, the Lady Esther Screen Guild Players presentation of On Borrowed Time. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in a memorable play and beautiful picture on Borrowed Time, starring Lionel Barrymore as Gramp, Agnes Moorhead as Aunt Demetria, Vincent Price as Mr. Brink, and Ted Donaldson as Pud. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in On Borrowed Time. Lonely road. <coughs> Want a lift, stranger? Thank you, no. I'm waiting for someone else. A gentleman and a lady. Sorry. <coughs> Thought you signaled me. No. No, not yet. Can we give you a lift, sir? Thank you very much. We're not going very far. As far as you're going, it will be far enough. It's such a lonely road. We tried... Jim, look out! <laughs> that was Jim Northrop. Dr. James Northrop and his wife, Sue. They live... Oh, forgive me. They used to live in the big white house set back from the road. The one that has the apple tree in back. Haven't been to that house in a long time now. Not since I took Dr. Jim's mother. Twelve years ago, that was, and I haven't been back since. Still, it seems to me I've got a call to make there. Someone? Well, I'd better look at the list. Let me see now. Oh, yes, here it is. Mr. Julian Northrup, age 74. 
He's been living with Dr. Jim and his wife and devoting himself to his grandson. Look at them worms running away. Boy, they must have heard we're going fishing. Oh, think we'll catch a lot of fish today, Gramp, huh? Think we'll catch a whole lot of fish? Like it's not, bud. Oh, think we'll catch a whale? Can't never say, boy. You wouldn't be afraid of a whale, would you, Gramp? Darn right I wouldn't. Not even a great big giant whale? Ain't never run from one yet. <laughs> Come on, we're wasting time. Let's call that dog and get going. Betty! Hey, Betty, Betty, Betty. Where in thunder's that smelly old hound? Oh, I like the way she smells. The way that fool dog keeps running all day, she ain't much more than skin and bones. <laughs> Getting to look just like your Aunt Demetria. Aunt Demetria's a pismire. <sighs> Where'd you learn to call your aunt that? From you. That's oh. what you called her, Gramp. What's a pismire? <laughs> a pismire is one of the meanest ants there is. And your Aunt Demetria is a pismire. A narrow-minded, trouble-making, blue-nosed old pismire. <laughs> hey, that's off my chest now. Let's go fishing, boy. Sorry, Mr. Northrop. No fishing today. Because just as you're going out of the gate... Oh, it's Aunt Demetria. Oh, doggone the luck. What is it, Jimmy? What are you doing here? Julian, inside, please. Uh, Not in front of the boy. I, I've got to talk to you alone. Yes, Mr. Northrop, she's brought the news about your son and his wife, Pud's father and mother. You're going to have a bad week of it, sir. The shock, of course... But at last you'll be at peace again, alone in your garden, just you and Pud. Graham, what were you talking to the minister about? Oh, a gift I made to the church in your dad's name. Good deed done, if I say so myself. Graham, did you do a good deed? Well, so to speak, I give a mite more than was looked for, son. If you do a good deed, well, you can make a wish and it'll come true. <laughs> that's so, boy. Oh, that's what my storybook says. Uh, must be so, then. Oh, so make a wish, Gramp. Make a wish. All right, boy, just as soon as I think up a good one. <laughs> oh, I know what I'd wish. Gramp, hmm? where do people go when they die? Where the woodbine twineth. Grandfather... Are you going to die? <laughs> Not yet, wild boy. Well, are you sure? Oh, now, don't you, Fred, bud. I'll be with you a long time yet. I feel spry as a cricket. <laughs> oh, I'm glad, because I love you, Grandpa. I think I love you best of anybody in the world. Oh, oh thank you, son. Thank you. It means a whole lot to me. A whole lot. Yes. Hold his hand, Mr. Northrop. Hold it tightly, sir. You haven't much time together, you know. Oh, I'm not referring only to myself. There's his Aunt Demetria. By this very moment, she's with Mr. Pillbeam. That's right, Mr. Northrop. With Pillbeam, the lawyer. You understand, it's nothing personal, Phineas. But I don't think the boy should be left to grow up with an adult-pated old man like that. Now, Demi, them two set a heap of store by each other. Todd should be going to school, learning to be a gentleman. A good school. After all, the boy's not a pauper, is he? Well... Now, Phineas, you needn't be so professional with me. Remember, I'm his mother's sister. Jim uh, must have left at least 50,000. 55. I knew it. I mean, uh, well, with all that money, the boy needs someone to take care of him. And, Phineas, I'm going to do something about it. 
I'm coming, I'm coming. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, up there. Look. Hey, you thieving young rascal. Come down out of that tree. Hey, wait, wait a minute now, you vomit. Wait. Oh, Gramps, he didn't wait. He got away. You always let him get away. Well, can I help it if they run? I swear, I wish that anyone who climbs that tree would have to stay up there till I let him down. Oh, Gramps, you made a wish. Hmm? A wish. You wished anybody would have to stay up in the tree until you let him down. Yeah, a lot of good it'll do me. Oh, gee, Gramps, I bet we catch one of those kids up there and maybe keep him up there for 19 years. Maybe for 100 years. Why, poor darling. Oh, sure, Demetria. Well, now has my little boy boy a great big kiss for his Aunt Demetria today. Oh, gee. Go ahead, Pud. Go on. Give her a kiss. I don't want to. She kisses too wet. <laughs> Julian <laughs> Northrup, you taught him that. I have not. It's his own idea. Denying the child a little love and comfort. And his parents hardly cold in their grave. Oh, stop that, you fool. I have some rights. I'm his aunt. Pud, uh, come here. I don't want to. Pud, you hear me? Oh, leave the boy alone. You keep quiet, Julian. He's coming to me. Heck, he is. The heck I am. There, there. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh, you wicked old man. You white sepulcher. What? Oh. White sepulcher? Well, by Jupiter, now that does it. You get out of here, Demi. What? Get off my property! What? And if I ever catch you here again, you squid-faced old bird stuffer, <gasps> I'll wring your blasted neck and dance on you. Oh. Well, that's telling her, Graham. That's telling her. Oh. Go on, you mischief-making old harridan. You pismire, you! <gasps> oh, no! Oh, she's gone, Graham. She's gone. She makes me so mad. She gets me so gall-darn head up. I'll bring you a glass of water, Gramps. Just sit there on the bench and wait. Uh, pretty garden like this, getting all messed up with people like that. <sighs> After this, ain't nobody coming in here but... How's that? Mr. Julian Northrop, I believe. Huh? Well, I didn't catch it. Most people don't hear me the first time. Say, who are you? What do you want? I request that you come with me. Where to? Where are you going? Where the woodbine twineth. Where the wood... Well, say, I said that. I made it up. Say, who the devil are you, anyway? You may call me Mr. Brink. Well, Mr. Brink, I don't know you and I don't like you. I don't like any party, you see? So get the blazes out of here before I... Go on now, get Mr. out of here! Anything wrong? Who are you shouting at that way? Why, this fellow here, Marsha, he comes up to me and he says... Mr. Northrop, there isn't anyone here. No? Huh? You must have been napping. <laughs> yeah, that may be a word. Well, you'd better come in and get ready for supper. I'll have everything on in a couple of minutes. It's funny. I wasn't napping. I wasn't drinking either. Oh, here you are, Gramp. Here's your water. Oh, thank you, son. Thanks. Gramp... Who is that man? Eh? You seen him, son? Well, sure. Going down the walk. Who was he, Graham? Well, I ain't rightly sure. Let's go on in, boy. It's getting kind of chilly. How you feeling, Graham? 
You feeling better today? I ain't no question to ask my boy. I always feel good. Never felt better in my life. Oh, me too. Can I climb up and pick some apples, Gramp? Well, I reckon you can. Be careful, though. Oh, sure. Not too high now. Well, I won't. And you know, Gramp, I can't get down until you let me. That was your wish. <laughs> Guess it was, boy. Well, hope you don't keep me up here too long, though. Oh, well, maybe a week. Maybe a hundred years. It <laughs> depends on how I feel. Oh, no, Graham. I might leave you up there and go into town and get me a chocolate soda. Oh, then I'm coming down, Graham. Yep. I think I'll go right along now. Well, wait for me, Grandpa. I... Graham. What's the trouble, son? Oh, Graham, I can't get loose. I can't get down. Of course you can't. Not till I tell you. Oh, Graham, <laughs> I mean it. Honest. Please let me down. Please. Well, come on, then. Come on. Let go, honey. What's the matter, boy? What's wrong with you? I couldn't let go. The tree was holding me. Ah, shucks. That old apple tree couldn't hold no one. Oh, yes, it could, Graham. You wished it could. Yeah. Well, so I... I... Graham! What's the matter, Graham? I don't know, boy. I don't know. All of a sudden, I... I felt kind of weak. Mr. Northrop? Oh... So it's you again, huh? What do you want button in here like this? I thought perhaps you'd like to come with me now. Now, look here, Brink. I ain't going with you at all. I'm staying with Pud. You're about as welcome as a fly on a current bun. You understand? Your similitudes are a trifle earthy, sir, but your meaning is clear. Similitudes. Hear that, Bud? What kind of talk is that? I'm sure. What kind of talk is that? Mister, you can't talk worth snakes. <laughs> That's right now. Go on, get off my property. My dear man, let's not argue. Come on now. Take my hand. No, 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 no. I can't. I can't. Uh, please, Mr. Brink, if you'll just wait. Graham, I know. If you can get him up that bush. Mr. Northrop, are you ready? Mr. Brink, I reckon I got to do what you say. But first... Uh, could I have one of my golden russets? I hate to leave them up there, spoiling to be at like that. Oh, very well, but be quick. I have many appointments. Uh, uh, could you just kind of fetch me one? I can't climb that tree the way I used to. It's <laughs> a curious request, but why not? Look, Ramp. He's going up. He's going up. Shh, I said be still now. Northrop, will uh, this one do? Well, they're riper, a little higher up. Uh, this one? No, not that one. Not any of them. Now I got you up that tree, you got to stay there, and I let you down. Jimmy, look at him trying to get away. He can't. He mustn't. Oh, Graham, you got him. You got him, Graham. By golly, boy, I think I have. The second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in just a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. This is April 1st the traditional day for fooling friends. But do please be careful not to fool yourself. For April is the month when many women do fool themselves about proper care for their skin. You see, winter months leave the skin dried and roughened with a sort of drab and faded look. 
especially against the freshness of a new spring bonnet. So what do many women do? They rush out and buy a lot of expensive creams and lotions, April fooling themselves, good and proper. For all you really need is just one cream, Lady Yester Four Purpose Face Cream. This one cream is all your skin needs for a complete spring cleaning and conditioning. Lady Esther face cream instantly absorbs and removes that flaky winter dryness. It instantly makes the skin look softer and pliant again. Yes, younger again. There's no fooling about that. I will show you unmistakable proof right on your own skin by means of my patch test. And you don't need to wait 30 days or even 30 minutes. I show you the proof in 30 seconds. Listen, just smooth Lady Esther face cream on one patch of skin, like one cheek. Then wipe it off. And compare that cheek with the other. See the radiant difference. Feel the difference with your fingertips. Lady Esther face cream thoroughly cleans your skin, softens your skin, helps nature refine the pores, and it leaves a wonderfully smooth, clear base for powder. So why not fool yourself? Take 30 seconds and prove to yourself. You need only this one cream. Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. Well, so you've done it, Mr. Northrup. You've got me up a tree. You shouldn't have, you know. This will lead to all sorts of things. Besides, I can't be dignified up here. I really ought to do something about it. Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, I will. Gramp! Look, Gramp, he's gone! Gone? Uh, Mr. Brink, you gone? Uh, certainly not. Oh. But hereafter, I shall be invisible. Huh? It's so much less embarrassing this way. But of course, there are some who know I'm here. Your dog, for example. Betty, 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 get down. Hear me, Betty? Betty, 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 I said go. Shimony. She just touched the tree and fell right down. Graham, I better. No, 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 no. Don't touch it, bud. Don't touch it. Don't go near that tree. I'll have a look. Oh, Graham, what's the matter? Why don't she get up? I'm afraid she can't, son. She's dead. Yes, now you're worried, Mr. Northrop, aren't you? My, my, you'll have a busy day. You'll bring in a gang of carpenters, won't you, and build a fence around my tree. Yes, but my dear man, you're still not safe. You've forgotten something. Demetria. Right now, while you're building, she's busy, too. I'm afraid she's with Pillbeam, the lawyer, again. See, Phineas, I was just going by, and when I saw them unloading all that lumber, well, naturally, I stopped his snoop. Phineas, I tell you, it's incredible. He was talking to some man named Brick, an invisible man in the apple tree. Yes, but why should Julian build that fence? Well, he thinks anyone who touches that tree will die. Now, what do you say? Sounds sort of crazy to me. Precisely. Julian's old and his mind is snapped. And we've got to get that boy away from him. Right now, today. What you aiming to do? Well, I want you to send Dr. Evans out there. And if what I've just told you is the truth, well, we'll do everything according to the law. So Demetria's been talking to you, has she, Doc? Oh, not very much, Julian. Just about this uh, Mr. Brink. <laughs> I might have known. Aunt Demetria's a... Pud, don't you dare say that word now. 
Now then, Doc. Well, what's the answer, Julian? It's the truth, as sure as I'm standing here, Doc. You mean there's someone sitting up in that tree? Yep, Mr. Brink. Well, if you say so, but... Tell him about it, Grant. Yep, I figure it better, son. Doc, you might as well know. Nobody can die anymore until I say so. Unless they touch that tree or them apples. Or Mr. Brink himself. I see. And uh, can you talk to this Mr. Brink? Oh, sure I can. Why? Well, I just thought perhaps if you tried to talk to him, well, maybe you'd find he isn't there anymore. All right. All right. By golly. I'll let you hear him. Uh, Mr. Brink, can you hear me? Sir? <laughs> hear that, Doc? He calls me sir. I'm sorry, Julian. I didn't hear a thing. Well, I'll be... Say, what in blazes the matter? Am I going nuts? Honestly, didn't nobody hear him but me? I did, Gramp. Pud. I heard him call you sir. Stop. That's it. That is it exactly. Julian, my good friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> so I guess you know where that leaves you, Doc. Yes, I'm afraid I do. I'll be back to see you later, Julian. Oh, sure, Doc. Anytime, anytime. Say, by the way. Yes? You needn't worry none about your patients dying now, no matter what you do for them. Goodbye, Julian. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> well, I reckon that's that. Gramp, why couldn't he hear Mr. Brink? Oh, I guess he's too busy, boy. That's right, Mr. Brink. I have neither the inclination or the authorization to dispense information relevant to your inquiry. Wow. <laughs> oh, he still talks funny. Grant, <laughs> I'm going to go play train. Hey, sure, Pud. Go ahead. Go right along. Choo, 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 ding, ding. <laughs> oh, great boy, all right. <laughs> Don't you think so, Mr. Brink? Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, say, I've been meaning to ask you, did you notice the shower last night? Yes. Get wet? No. Mind the rain much? No, I love the rain. I like sad things. Oh, uh, not me. I like things cheerful. Pictures and dancing, music, especially music. About the only sad song I ever got to do was Crossing the Bar. I guess you know that one, all right. <laughs> Funny, I, I figured they must go in for Tennyson in, uh, uh, you know, up there. Tennyson? Sententious man, as I recall. Kept ranting about a little flower in a crannied wall. Wanted everything to be so perfect. Well, now, it's mighty hard to get any improvements down here, you know. I guess it's different with you, huh? With us, the improvements are in the individual. Oh, I wouldn't like that. Mm -mm. If a man's a good Republican, maybe a Mason or an Elk, that's good enough for me. But I always say live and let live. You can hardly expect me to second that. <laughs> Mr. Northrop, I trust you realize what you're doing. I mean, by keeping me up here. Well, sure I do. If I let you down, you're bound and determined you're going to take me, aren't you? You will be the first. Ah, there you are. So up you stay. Uh, you're a stubborn man, Mr. Northrop, but <laughs> I warn you, no more stubborn than I. Casey Johnson is express. Woo-woo, here I come. Choo-choo. Oh, Pud. Huh? Up here, Pud, in the tree. Oh. Say, I can see you again. That's right. 
I want to talk to you, my little man. I am not your little man. I'm Gramps. I'll spit in your eye. You might find that difficult. Why? I'm afraid you couldn't reach me. I could, too. Oh, no, you can't. You can't even climb a tree. Oh, sure I can. I climbed that tree before you got up it. <laughs> I climbed down again. Now, that's more than you can do. Well, you're right about that. But you couldn't do it now, Pud. Why, you can't even climb this fence. I could do it with one hand. You could? Well, let's see you. All right. Yeah, that's it, Pud. That's right. Now, steady now. Now, up, up. Get one leg over. That's the way. There. There, that's splendid. Well, I guess you can do anything. Golly, I can see far up here. Yes, very far. Gee, why do you whisper like that, Mr. Brink? Look at me, Pud. Golly, you've got funny eyes. They make me dizzy. Keep looking, Pud. Don't turn away. Now, take my hand. Come on. Reach. A little further, lad. That's it. That's it. Pud! Pud! Gramps! I'm dizzy! I can't see! I'm gonna fall! Maybe you'd like it for change. Oh, now, try to sleep, son. Try to sleep. Oh, sure. Gotta sleep, Grant. Mm. Going fishing tomorrow. Going fishing. Uh, uh. Mr. Brink? Yes, Mr. Northrup? How is he today? Oh, no better. Doctor says he'll never walk again. Why did you let him do it, Mr. Brink? My dear man, I didn't mean to hurt him. I just meant to take him. It was my only hope of getting down from here. <sighs> Mr. Brink? Yes? If uh, I let you come down, would you make a bargain, Mr. Brink? Well, I think I'd entertain any reasonable proposal. I mean, I just can't stand watching him in pain like that. And I, I wouldn't want to leave him with his Aunt Demetria, so, uh, that is, uh, if you could see your way. You mean to take him, too? Please. Would you, Mr. Brink? I'd be very glad to. Thank you. Hey, I reckon I tried to bite off more than I could chew. Much more. Are you ready for me now? The two of you? Yeah. The two of us. Come on down and get us, please. Thank you all. The Motion Picture Relief Fund is indeed grateful for your fine performances. And now, before we tell you about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Fashions in powder shades come and go, but Lady Esther Bridal Pink seems to grow more popular all the time. I think I can tell you why. 
because Bridal Pink is practically foolproof. It removes guesswork from choosing your powder shade. You know Bridal Pink will be flattering to your skin, for it's blended a new and special way, blended to flatter almost every skin it touches, so it doesn't matter whether your hair is blonde, brown, auburn, or black. Bridal Pink Face Powder will actually glorify your own natural coloring, heighten its richness and beauty, make you look more interesting. This new and fascinating powder shade has been tested on thousands of lovely faces of every type. Women write me that Bridal Pink gives even a drab-looking skin an instant look of life and warmth. They say it softens the contours of the face and makes it look years younger. Many women say that Bridal Pink even makes their features look smaller and daintier. As for texture, Lady Esther face powder is so exceptionally fine, it completely covers tiny lines and blemishes, and it clings for long hours, fresh and fragrant as though just applied. Present a dazzling new appearance to your family and friends tomorrow. Start with Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. Rub it on, wipe it off, and then apply Lady Esther Bridal Pink Face Powder. Bridal Pink, the shade that's so young and gay, so distinctly glamorous. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Barbary Coast. It will star Claire Trevor and Brian Donlevy. Be sure to listen. On Borrowed Time was presented through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of A.J. Cronin's The Green Years. Vincent Price will soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox production, Dragonwick. Lionel Barrymore and Agnes Moorhead appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor musical Ziegfeld Follies. They both can be heard on the Mayor of the Town broadcast every Saturday night over this station. Ted Donaldson is currently working in the Columbia picture, The Return of Rusty. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, there you have it on Borrowed Time with Lionel Barrymore, Vincent Price, Agnes Moorhead, and Ted Donaldson. Um, as I said in the beginning, uh, Barrymore, Lionel Barrymore, was the only person in this broadcast from the original film. Sir Cedric Hardrick plays Mr. Brink, or Death, in the film. And while I think he does an incredible job in the film, listening to this, I think I like Vincent Price better in the role. I think he, Vincent Price is much more suited to the role. Cedric Hardrick's great, but Vincent Price is off the charts in this. He's really good. Uh, Ted Donaldson also uh, doing the role of Pug. In the original movie, it's a, a little boy named Bob Watson, and while he's very good, again, Ted Donaldson does a great job. And, of course, Agnes Moorhead isn't bad in anything she does. So a great broadcast all around, and I encourage all of you to seek out the original film. It's not particularly easy to find. It's not on Blu-ray. It was on DVD and VHS years ago. I don't know if they're still available out there, but do what you can to find it because the original film is quite powerful and, and quite interesting and a, a fun watch as a family-type film. A little bit of a fantasy family-type film, but still a good watch. 
Okay, we will be back uh, next Tuesday with more drama, variety, or comedy. We will be back Thursday uh, in a few days with the continuation of our salute to one of radio's greatest uh, writers, Lucille Fletcher, and all the kind of strange stories that uh, she wrote as a pioneer female radio writer of the time. So please tune in and listen to that, that series on Thursday. Just tell all your friends, check out the Facebook page, Good Old Days of Radio, goodolddaysofradio.com website. Ask questions if you want, make comments, tell your friends, spread this show far and wide. We're still growing with the audience and we want to continue that. So until next week or until Thursday, this is John Tiller saying goodbye. Thank you.